yeah. the state of 5.6 million people. You might know. <laughs> What's crazy about that is a lot of times we do. Right? <laughs> you know Ted Ted Erickson over there? He's in. Oh, that's right. Oh, actually, I, I don't know Ted, but I know his brother, Rick. Uh, he went to college mm-hmm. with my brother. Yeah. Right? Platteville, I think. Actually, right? <laughs> More often than not, it works. <laughs> it wouldn't be creepy if somebody said, Do you know Sean went? Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Just about 6.12 here on this Thursday morning. Great to have you with us on Wisconsin's Morning News. I was chatting with uh, Visit Milwaukee President and CEO Peggy Williams-Smith the other day. She was in here hosting with Sandy Max. That's right. Nice to see her. We have all these events coming to Milwaukee, and hopefully we have Playoff baseball coming to Milwaukee. Hopefully. What are we talking about? Come on. Magic number four. 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 Could have it all taken care of by Friday night. But we talk about people coming to the city and hopefully having a good experience and then coming back. You know, we talk about the convention coming up next summer and things like that. You know, like, well, they come here and they like Milwaukee and then they want to come back. And we were were talking. Number one asset that we have here in Milwaukee. What's the number one thing that people talk to visit Milwaukee? Beyond the beautiful giant lake that yes, we have. Beyond, beyond Lake Michigan, beyond the food, or the beyond the venues. Number one thing they talk to her about. People? The people. Mm-hmm. Our number one asset when people visit Milwaukee, say people were so friendly. They were so nice. They were so welcoming. They rolled out the red carpet for us. I love that about us because we can control that. Right? Yeah, you can't you're control right. your geography. You can't control a lot of things. We can control how we behave and how we treat people who come to visit. So I thought that was interesting. And it it definitely came into perspective when we were checking in with our daughter, who's now in New York City. Said she's a freshman in college and right there in Manhattan, work, working with a lot of different people out there. One of, one of her people is a voice coach of hers because she's music theater. And this woman is uh, definitely on in years. I believe my daughter described her as ancient. So... <laughs> Okay, kid. That's great. Oh, Can you just learn things? How old is she? Fifty-eight, right? Probably, <laughs> like older than us. <laughs> so, but she's a, a New Yorker through and through. So, my daughter's getting to know her, and she's <laughs> one of the things her voice teacher said to her right away. She goes, "Well, I could tell you were from the Midwest right away because you smile when you talk." <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> just like, goes, yeah, you smile when you talk to people, and my kid was like. I don't know. This is just how I talk. Like That's not normal, That's I a guess. typical New Yorker. Don't right? smile. What yeah. are you smiling at? Stands out. She also did the thing that, that people do. You probably had this. She found out she's from Wisconsin, and then this uh, teacher of hers said, well, I have a friend in Wisconsin. Maybe you know her, and dropped a name. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love it. Do you own a cow is another good one. Yeah. State of 5.6 million people. You might know her. <laughs> What's crazy about that is a lot of times we do. Right, you know Ted Ted Erickson over there. He's in. Oh, that's right. Oh, actually, I, I don't know Ted, but I know his brother Rick. Uh, he went to college mm-hmm. with my brother. Yeah, right? Platteville, I think. Actually, right? more often than not, it works. It wouldn't be creepy if somebody said, "Do you know Sean went?" <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> Who doesn't? This segment of Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talker, Saturdays at ten, right here on WTMJ. <laughs> Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Josh Donaldson hit a three-run homer in the top of the first inning. Tyrone Taylor homered twice, and the Milwaukee Brewers beat the St. Louis Cardinals by a final score of 8-2 on Wednesday night. The 1-1, and this is a high drive, deep left field. This one is way out of here. 
Josh Donaldson with his second home run as a Brewer. It's a three-run shot, and the Brewers on top early here tonight in the Lou. It's three to nothing, Milwaukee. Lane Grin on the call right here on WTMJ with a Donaldson homer after the game. Brewer skipper Craig Council on what the addition of the former MVP has meant for his team. He's doing a nice job. He's he's playing good defense, and when, you know, with that home run in the in the, you know, as a potential for sure. Like I said, those are you know, you change, you can change games that way, and so, um, you know, it, it's a, it's been a really good addition. It was a double win for the Brewers last night. Not only did they win the game against the Cardinals, which is always a win, the Cubs loss to the Pirates. The Brewers' magic number now sitting at four with a seven-game lead in the race for the NL Central Crown. That Brewers card series finale later this afternoon from St. Louis. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 1140. Week three in the NFL is here. The Packers getting ready to open their season at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon. After playing the first two weeks on the road, head coach Matt LaFleur is just excited to get back to the home crowd. Yeah, it's par for the course the last few years. Just wait a couple weeks before you get home. and uh, No, there's no better place to play in in the National Football League. And I, I said that even before I was here. I think this is the best uh, you know, venue in all of sports. I, I love playing here. Uh, I love feeling the support from our fans. And hopefully they show up. And are and show out for us on Sunday. So and we'll feed off that energy. Not Just only- don't do the wave during <laughs> the offensive series. Don't do yeah, the wave. You heard Tausch. The players don't care. All right, doesn't affect Just the players. Saying. Just as long as we flicker the lights. <laughs> That's pretty cool though, because <laughs> that that usually means a touchdown. Just don't do the wave. I don't mind the wave. Jordan Love will be making his regular season debut for the home crowd at Lambeau Field. Number 10 on having his first start in Green Bay on the horizon. Yeah, no, definitely be a lot of excitement there, just being a Lambeau. But, yeah, I've got some, some preseason games under my belt in Lambeau, but that's about it. So um, I'm definitely excited to be out there. It'll definitely be a little bit uh, more juice, I think, going out there, a little bit more excitement. First time being a starter there. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. The Packers did hold their first practice of the week on Wednesday afternoon. Some good news for the Pack, Christian Watson. Returned to practice following his hamstring injury. He was a limited participant, but he's trending in the right direction. The bad news, though, no Aaron Jones, no David Bakhtiari, and no Elton Jenkins as the Saints come marching into Green Bay in just three days. And just a heads up, Packers fans, if you are attending the game on Sunday afternoon, update that Packer app. Need to get that update on your app and get your tickets if you can't. It's all robo-tickets now, yeah, right? Yeah, you're, you're out of luck. So. Well, somebody will help you then. But then that's a big old mess trying to get in there. Then right? you're waiting in line. Downloading and the app yeah, right there. 50,000 oh. people behind you yelling at you. 619, Wisconsin's Morning News. Black Crow's coming to Milwaukee in October. You going to be there? No, we're going to the Badger game that day. It's the Ohio State University. Oh, right. So that's one of those, it's like a classic weekend where too many things are happening. Like which one of these awesome things are you going to do? Right, and you can three only, others you're leaving on the table. You can only pick one. Typically on the news, you know, we report on things that you might not otherwise have expected. It is kind of the root definition of the news, right? What is new? Today we report on another busy day in Madison that, if we're being honest, was largely expected. As expected, comma, this happened. That's usually how it goes. As expected, there was some gaveling in yesterday. Now that, if you listen closely, that didn't sound like a gavel. Listen closely here. 
That's not a gavel. That's a hand slap. He didn't even bother to get the gavel out. <laughs> well, you were asking for a little something extra yesterday. Yeah, so that was, was that it. the message? Just, just the hand slap. So nothing. No, no washboard. No nothing. Just a, a hand slap in the gavel in and gavel out. Now, now however. WIC uh, TV reporting this in Madison. Technically, when they were called for the special session yesterday by the governor, the legislature is required to act on such things. And this has happened a lot during Evers' tenure. The governor has called for special sessions on different things. And the Republicans who would rather go about it different ways usually just gavel and gavel out. Well, they didn't really gavel out yesterday. They kind of did, but... If you listen to what he says here... It stands adjourned until Thursday, September 21st. Stands adjourned until Thursday, September 21st. 10.01 a.m. 10.01 a.m. That was in the Assembly. Senate did something similar. So what's going on here? Well, in a statement after the action. So, yeah, after the action yesterday. (laughs) Senate Republicans will continue to stand with Wisconsin families, says Senate Leader Devin Lemihue. He says a special session will reconvene Thursday for a skeletal session. Now, I've been checking the uh, the schedule for today, and I'm not seeing this on there, but basically this is going to allow them to present their own workforce development plans to the governor and follow the normal legislative process. So, okay, so they may not be following his menu specifically, but they might take some action on the issues that he wants. But maybe, but as expected, it was really just right. a quick in, quick out, and we'll move on and do some other things at different time. Also entirely predictable, in fact, predicted by me on this year program. Survey said, survey said, survey said. Eric, number of state Republican legislators who filled out Governor Tony Evers' exhaustive survey on current issues. Zero. (laughs) None. (laughs) Governor asked all state legislators to fill out a survey, more than two dozen questions long, in a political effort to pin them down on matters which Republicans, much to the governor's chagrin, refused to debate on the floor. Survey followed by a verbose 1,700-word news release. Well, the deadline to fill out the survey has since come and gone. Follow-up on the news release from the governor's office Wednesday. Here's the headline. Zero Republican legislators respond to legislative right. survey on solutions, yada, yada, yada. Governor writes, as of this morning, not one of the 86 Republican legislators who serve in the Wisconsin state legislature responded to the survey, refusing to publicly state their positions on specific policy components of the governor's workforce plan. Comma, as expected. (laughs) However, can I play devil's advocate? Perhaps they could have filled out a couple of questions and answers. Why why would that be such a bad thing? (laughs) Because, again, this was a game. They're going to do what they're going to do in the legislature. He knows that. He wants, he's upset that they can't use that against them in some sort of case. Well, these guys voted against this or voted against that. So he wants them to fill out this. So, like, everybody knew what the game was, including the governor, when he had these guys waste their time on it, although none apparently did. Jazz as hell. The Brewers' magic number at four. How soon they could clinch the Central Division crown. That's coming up in sports with Brandon at 645. We could see some movement in the Writers Guild strike taking place in Hollywood. You know, it's been five months now since they've been on strike. I think if it had been like right during the prime time of when we're starting to watch all our favorite shows, like it was over summer, right? So maybe we haven't been paying as close attention. The season premiere of Cheers is ready to start up again. (laughs) Well, a lot of folks going back to those, right? Will Sam and Diane get married this year? (laughs) Um, So here's what's happening. The Writers Guild and the studios and streamers are set to meet again today for further talks. So they met yesterday, and according to sources, 
Uh, it was encouraging. So they're going to meet again today. The CEO attended session that one insider described as very encouraging will return to Sherman Oaks offices and continue to hammer out a deal. Of course, the uh, whole issue with, um, with AI is one of the problems that they're trying to get their arms around. But a lot of the big names were there. A lot of the big wigs, the, uh, the big four, as they call them, the CEO gang of four. So that's the, all the big studios like Disney and Netflix guy, Warner Brothers. All them are Netflix showing up. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers guy. So it's a good sign. The problem is, is that this is only the writers, by the way. Actors aren't at the table as of now. Because they are also striking. And by the way, they believe, though, the writers would go first. Yeah. They set the stage, and then the actors with that template now have something to work off of. And one of the things that they're very surprised about is the solidarity that the writers have had. They did not expect them to be able to last this long, to be able to go five months. Can you imagine not working for five months? I can imagine how awesome that would be in some ways, but no, right? I mean, especially. Dream about it. Right. When you're on strike, and we talked about it with UAW, like that's, that's not glamorous. No. Uh, there is some issue, though. Writers Guild not happy that Dancing with the Stars is going to be uh, premiering here shortly. The new season, which actually employs one writer that has to write what the hosts say. So they're going to be picketing that that studio here in the next couple of days. I think a lot of folks are surprised to learn that. They're like, why can't the late night shows go? Because people write that stuff. They have a staff of 20. Why can't a game show go? Because people write that stuff. Well, Jimmy like, Fallon is not that funny. <laughs> He's got people for him to do that. I, hope, I was going to say, Vanna White doesn't come up, but she doesn't say anything. So She will soon, though. New yes. deal for her. 638 on Wisconsin's Morning News. It's that time to celebrate an everyday hero. That's right. This is when we honor and we mark the average John or Jane Doe who had no idea that when they got up that morning, they'd be saving a life. Everyday Hero, presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care, Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living. Okay, today we head to Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, Vince. A Chick-fil-A worker. Her name, Mia, 18 years old. She was working the drive through line. You know how at uh, Chick-fil-A, sometimes they'll have them out there kind of like positioning, moving, taking the order actually outside the store. It's an operation. They have yeah. people outside, so it's not necessarily always talking to the speaker. Yeah. Right. There's always so like somebody's a, up to the window, yeah. right? There's like three dozen cars that are always lined up at these places. Anyway, that's not the story. Liliana Leahy posted on Facebook on Monday calling Mia, a worker at Chick-fil-A, a hero. Why? Well, here's what happened. Liliana pulled up to the Chick-fil-A, and her three-year-old daughter was in the back seat. Her three-year-old daughter's name is Thea. She started making a weird choking sound as they were stuck in the line in the drive-thru. The mother started to panic. She quickly got out of her seat to help her daughter. She... She was trying to run around to the other side of the car, freaking out, screaming for help because starting to panic. Didn't know what was wrong with her daughter. Daughter making funny sounds. They realized that she was choking on something. So Mia, the 18-year-old Chick-fil-A staff worker, dropped all of her stuff, dropped her device or whatever she has there when she's out in the line, grabbed the car, opened the door, pulled the kid out, did the Heimlich, and out shoots a quarter. Somehow, wow. the three-year-old had swallowed a quarter, got stuck in her throat, started choking. She saved her life, shot that quarter right out. And here's what made it even better. Afterward, Thea, the three-year-old, got some ice cream. Yeah. How about that? So some of those young kids, they're doing it right. They know what they're doing. Can't rip on all those 18-year-old kids. That's ridiculous. Quick thinking, coming mm-hmm. in, taking command, taking charge. I got this, and it worked. 
So the workers gave Thea some ice cream. She asked for some. She feels a lot much better now. Liliana called Mia to thank her again for heroic actions. She says she is, in fact, a hero. Everyday Hero, presented by Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, transforming the culture of care. Azura Memory Care. Brew October on WTMJ is presented by Network Health, Delta Dental, and Annex Wealth Management. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Josh Donaldson hit a three-run homer in the top of the first inning. Tyrone Taylor added two more, and the Milwaukee Brewers beat the St. Louis Cardinals by a final score of 8-2 on Wednesday night. With the win, the magic number to win the NL Central Division now sits at four. Brewers card series finale from St. Louis coverage getting underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 1140. The Green Bay Packers hit the practice field for the first time this week in preparation for the Saints. Wide receiver Christian Watson returning to practice. However, no Aaron Jones, no David Bakhtiari, and no Elton Jenkins. And lastly, staying in football, Alan Williams has resigned as the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator of the team announced on Wednesday. Williams cited health and family as the reasons for his departure. And the Bears' suckiness. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. Life right now for the Milwaukee Brewers is good. In fact, it is quite good. After another win against the St. Louis Cardinals on Wednesday night, paired with the Chicago Cubs loss to the Pirates, the Brewers are currently sitting on the doorstep of winning their second division title in three years. At the season's beginning, not many, including myself, had pegged the Brewers to be in the position they are currently in. Gladly, I was wrong. Kudos to the players, kudos to Skipper Craig Council, and kudos to General Manager Matt Arnold for making all of the right moves. Because of all three of those things, this Brewers team is peaking at just the right time. Since getting swept at Dodger Stadium just over a month ago, the Brewers currently hold the best record in baseball in that span, going 21-9. and Exactly where you want to be when the stakes get higher. The pitching has been terrific, as it has all year. The offense has been getting better. And guys that were added later in the season, like Mark Canna, Josh Donaldson, and Carlos Santana, have all played a key role for a team looking to heat up October. Look, there is no telling how playoff baseball will unfold. Crazy and unpredictable things have occurred once the temperatures have dropped and the games start to heat up. But thanks to everyone buying in in Milwaukee, Eagles all being set aside, and the club's health improving, this Brewers team is in a prime position to make some serious noise come playoff time. After all, it is October baseball, and as we have seen in the past, anything can and will happen. on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning. The U.S. Senate announced this week it's relaxing its formal dress code, which since ever has called on senators to dress professionally when on the floor. Suits for men is is the dress code in particular. Some pushback primarily from Republicans. Senator Chuck Grassley said it, quote, stinks. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy weighed in with it. He said it's embarrassing. And Susan Collins joked, and I love this, she said, <laughs> I plan to wear a bikini tomorrow. Okay, that's CNN reporting on the change there. We're bringing in our teammate, ESPN Milwaukee's Jen Lotta. Morning, Jen. Good morning, guys. If you're uh, watching us on the live stream, you will uh, note that Jen is clad in Bradley's, also a really cool t-shirt. Thank you. But super cool t-shirt. Bradley Center Vintage. Very nice. R.I.P. 
But so <laughs> we thought you'd be a perfect person to talk to about this because you traverse a couple of worlds. On Saturdays when you're on TV, on ESPN, you're like dressed to the nines, all supered up. And then the morning show, less so here. Not so much, <laughs> I think is the phrase you were looking for. Um, I think that if you do your job well, it shouldn't matter what you're wearing. I mean, unless you're like Vanna White, whose entire persona is basically based on wearing these long evening gowns and this elegantness. That's as part she of doing her job. Touches the letters that mm-hmm. spin on their own now, by the yeah. way. Um, I don't think it should matter what you're wearing. So, like, to me, if you do your job and you do it efficiently, and if comfort helps you do your job better, then I would lean in that direction. Like, dressing up for dressing up's sake is silly. And and maybe you could argue that like oh the Senate they're doing very serious very things. Very important work. So, <laughs> sure, but like, are. but I also don't know that you need to be stuffy and wearing a suit. Here's the thing: if you lessen the restrictions, right, and you say okay. you don't have to wear a suit, if you want to wear a suit, you still can. But if you don't want to wear a suit, you don't have to. And to me, that kind of opens it up to everybody so that everybody can pick and choose what they want to do. Eric knows I've struggled with this because I came from <laughs> really suit, suit every day yeah. right, on TV, which was our dress code. And and in particular, like even not just any suit, like my bosses all pretty much agreed. The uniform was dark suit, light shirt. Right. You want to be loud or something like that, do it with your tie. That's fine. But it was it was pretty standard. I liked it, A, because I felt dressed up for work. And again, I come from a family like we used to, when we went on the airplane, we would get dressed up. They would wear jackets. They wear blazers. <laughs> no. Yeah. So just so you know, Reese Davis of College Game Day fame, and I go back and forth on this all the time because he dresses up to travel. Yes. Looks very nice. Mm. And I do not. I wear <laughs> yoga pants or comfy right. pants or whatever. And, and look, for me, airplanes are not a fun experience to begin with. So I try to make it more comfortable for me. And part of that is the wardrobe that I'm wearing. Yeah. Uh, but he he's always like, look like a grown-up Jen. <laughs> you know, so like, so I get it. I totally get it. In fairness, though, air travel also is not what it used to be. It's not the glamorous sort of thing, or you know, the, now it's it, it's a bus with wings. Yes, now, right? it's utilitarian. That's for sure. Um, I do like that you talked about getting dressed up on television and whatnot. Even that has lessened. You know, Dario is over at Channel Twelve, mm-hmm. and he wears uh, Jordans or Dunks, yeah, you know, sure. Nike Dunks on with his suits or you know, with his jackets and stuff. And so I think it has lessened a little bit. I do like that we are embracing this casual look. I will say it was probably the pandemic everyone mm-hmm. was working mm-hmm. from home everyone Literally was wearing their sweats nice. their pajamas exactly and then when they went back to work they were like well this is dumb why do i want to put on a <laughs> pair of stuffy pants you know and if i have to unbutton my pant after lunch because they're too tight <laughs> then why don't you just let me wear the elastic waistband okay like let's just let's just call a spade a spade we're gonna mm-hmm. wear the elastic waistband and call it a day I think, but you got to have some standard. Like there is still a bottom. Like for me, I joke all the time. For me, the the basic standard ought to be: you should, when you go to work, at least look like you've gotten dressed. <laughs> like, can you please at least appear that you didn't just roll out the rack Agreeing and show up? Agreeing with right. that would really put me in a tough bind. So I'm gonna say no, it's strike close I'm to home. Principally, it does. I mean, look, I change every day. I get dressed, but like right now, I'm wearing some Birkenstock sandals, some slides. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but again, no one is going to see that. Over there on the radio. But does that matter? Does it matter that no one's going to see you? I see now, it. I'm, you I'm were, offended by your appearance today. Are you really? I if thought you, you guys were, would appreciate no, the Bradley Center like shirt. Yeah, if you course. worked a nine to five here in the office. Totally different. Is it, but, but why is that different? Because though? again, no one is going to see me from seven, from six thirty, from six forty, from six fifty when I get here. <laughs> no, I <understand. laughs> it's a sliding clock. No, but, no, but if you're nine to five and. 
does that mean you have to do you have to wear khakis? Do you have to have a button-up shirt? Do you have to maybe put a tie on if you're in the office all day? It does feel like when there are salespeople there, when there are executives there who their job probably does require a stricter dress code, yeah. just out of respect, I could dress up if I were here during those hours, mm. or I could be like, suckers. Right? <laughs> also, those, those same guys are also golfing three days a week, That's too. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. You got to wear the collar for the golf shirt, not so much for being in the building <laughs> yes. from nine to five. See, and you said I could dress, you know, if you want to wear a suit, wear a suit. I'd get beat up if I wore a suit in here. Well, for sure. So right? I ran into that because I, when I was in management, um, actually part of our dress code for you a while, always used to wear the former tie. regime was, hey, you got to wear a tie. Is that another R.I.P.? <laughs> yes, yes R.I.P. Um, but then once GKB rolled in and things changed, like I could not wear the tie anymore because I was like, well, I don't, you know, this is right. like, who does this culture, guy think he is yeah, wearing his tie around here? Mm-hmm. But again, you to the me? point you when, you, when you lessen the restrictions, <laughs> if you wanted to wear a suit or if you had to go somewhere, sure. perhaps you're going to a funeral at 11 o'clock today and wanted to wear a suit, you could because this is true. It, the, the spectrum is so wide. You want me to wear a suit next week? I'll wear a suit for you. If you I want, want everyone to wear hoodies in the Senate and see your face <laughs> explode. Just your head would go nuts. 658.